0: Hello everyone, I am Manny
1: and I'm Wayo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet podcast. This is episode six of season two and
0: this is going to be a bit different.
1: (laughs) It's a little bit of a peek into the weird stuff that we come up with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so this, this reminds me of something that I thought was really neat. I was listening to an interview with a quantum physicist, theoretical physicist, and he said something. He said that the thing that he enjoyed most about what he did was that he would discover something and he would realize at that moment that of the hundred billion humans who have ever lived, he's the only one of them that knows this fact. (laughs) And then he publishes and gets peer reviewed and the next thing you know, it's in books and movies. And so we think we might be onto something here that is so obvious but we've googled it we can't find anything about it so right we may be the quantum physicists of the bdsm community
1: <laughs> that sounds so arrogant it but, does but and silly but maybe true well the thing is that we spend a lot of time traveling and a lot of time just having conversations and we follow the rabbit holes that come up and this is what we find at the bottom
0: sometimes, <laughs> so, yep. so we're he, sharing it today. So here we go. So we have concluded that Charles Schultz comic strip, Peanuts, is actually about a BDSM dungeon.
1: <laughs> they're all characters that have
0: it exist in a dungeon, and they're <laughs> quite easy to identify. Absolutely and apologies in advance if we spoil your childhood
1: or the upcoming Thanksgiving special that'll be on in Christmas <laughs>
0: well we're going to And get... you
1: won't be able to unthink this once you watch those
0: yep and quick partial spoiler one of the things we came up with a theory about two of the main characters we're going to save this for the end but we figured something out that's going to contradict a fan conspiracy theory that's existed forever
1: right very commonly very
0: commonly expressed that Mm -hmm. everyone knows that these two characters are this and i have i we have concluded that they are not and we can prove it right all right so first the elephant in the room we're not talking about seven-year-olds right they were seven years old in 1950 they're all now 77 78 Right. So we're talking about seventy-eight-year-olds. So don't get creeped out by this. We're
1: not fetishizing child characteristics no, or anything. We're applying them to yeah. They adult all they, persons. they look young. Mm-hmm.
0: The fact that they've never, you know, matured enough to move out from their parents' house. Not our fault. They're in their mid to late seventies.
1: Lots of facelifts, maybe.
0: Yeah, or I think, good wrinkle cream. Yeah. Yeah, probably oil of olay. Oil of olay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's start breaking down some of the characters and then we'll get into the dynamics of each. So okay. let's start Well,
1: we got to start with Charlie Brown. Right? right.
0: Charlie Brown, he's classic, right?
1: Right. So Charlie is a classic masochist, like emotionally and physically. He goes after these painful experiences in his life all the time. Over and over and over he again. He seeks
0: out failure. Mm-hmm. He repeats the same behavior. But if, if it's your fetish, if humiliation is your fetish, of you're course not, you're
1: gonna do that. Yeah, you're not gonna right. do
0: it once and say, "Oh, now well, I learned my lesson."
1: That sucked. I'm never gonna let them pull the ball out from under me again when I'm trying to kick it.
0: Right. But but he will do that. He will fly his kite by the tree every single time. The kite eating tree. Obviously, he'll kick the ball. Mm-hmm. He will literally pile up a pile of leaves and try to jump into it, not realizing that if you've ever jumped into a pile of leaves, that shit hurts. They, that, they provide zero support, and he knows it. Right. So he is seeking out pain, seeking out self pain. Sometimes he'll use his dom Lucy. We'll get to that. But uh, but other times he just seeks it out himself. Yeah. Which is a, a true masochist doesn't need an audience. Right. They. They get something out of the pain. So what Charlie Brown gets out of the pain... Because remember, we talked about this at length. Some people like pain for pain sake. Some people do it for catharsis. Some people do it as punishment. Some people do it to be controlled. There's Some people do it to please their master.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He does it because his need is the need for self-pity.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: And so he seeks out pain for the sole purpose feeling sorry for himself and getting that need met. Now, we can argue that's not healthy.
1: No, oh, yeah. It's not a healthy... It's not healthy.
0: But, I mean, it'd be great to say everybody does BDSM for the right reasons. Charlie Brown does not.
1: But it could be, you know? Like, if he had a responsible dom, like his therapist,
0: Lucy, he could yeah, be working he... through... <laughs> See, but his dom is... He doesn't have... He has a pure sadist. He doesn't right. have... she is a pure he needs, sadist. He needs a... A dom who has the ability to be sadistic, mm-hmm. but also... Uh,
1: and then build him up so that he doesn't need that pity.
0: But but as of right now, it's been 70 years and...
1: He's still in his spiral.
0: He's still in <laughs> he is his spiral.
1: Well, um, and another way that he may be trying to fill those needs is being a caretaker.
0: Well, that's the thing. So he's... Charlie Brown's a very complex character because mm-hmm. he is not just a... He's not even as much of a submissive as just a masochist, mm-hmm. but he Charlie Brown's is also a type of dom. Mm-hmm. Can't be right, And Charlie Brown. However, Snoopy. His Snoopy is collared. Snoopy, obviously owned, right? Obviously owned. Obviously, but let's let's toss aside the easy one that he's a pet owner because mm-hmm. you can own pets and not be a pet owner in the BDSM community. Right? Snoopy is not a. Snoopy is human. Right. He's a human character. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Charlie Brown is Snoopy's dom, but he's also, like I said, he's the caretaker. That is Charlie Brown's personality. He gets uh, validation that
2: way. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Remember when he tried to save the saddest and loneliest Christmas tree? Right. He (laughs) sought out the Christmas tree that needed the love. Mm Mm-hmm. So, as much as you want to look down on Charlie Brown, he's filled with love and care.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
0: and he does that when he he collars Snoopy. He's taking care of Snoopy, Snoopy, because everyone else thinks Snoopy's a dog can't go out and get a job and feed himself. Right. He ne- Snoopy needs a caretaker.
1: Mm-hmm. He needs a daddy. Yeah.
0: Charlie Brown's his daddy. So he's not Snoopy's not a little girl, but he he, he might be in that sense.
1: Snoopy's a boy. Snoopy's, Snoopy's a, a little
0: a boy. A little boy. Yeah. Now. I always think DDLG. That's why yeah. I said nope. So, yeah. But, but now, but Snoopy is also a little bit more complex.
1: Snoopy is. But Snoopy's not just a straight up, like, a little. No, so Snoopy's uh, very, well, very independent and operates on very grandiose scales.
0: Yeah. Well, be- before that, Snoopy is a brat. Oh, absolutely. And Snoopy tops from the bottom. Yep. Charlie Brown does not decide when Snoopy eats. Snoopy goes up and drops the ball at his master's feet,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and Charlie Brown obeys.
1: And Snoopy gives attitude, and Snoopy does a lot of things to get attention. So
0: yeah, so Snoopy Mm -hmm. is not Snoopy's not just not just a a submissive, a
1: fun sub. Yeah, he's a definite
0: brat, definitely a brat. But Mm -hmm. but Snoopy. Also has, I don't want to say issues because I, I would never call someone's fantasy life an issue. If you're able Stark. to, dark. It's Snoopy's a dark character. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, Snoopy has delusions of grandeur. Yeah,
1: absolutely, with the Red Baron.
0: Snoopy thinks he he fantasizes about being the Red Baron.
1: Even Joe Cool, the Joe Cool fantasy is like that. He's the best guy ever. He's okay, super well, and, ego. Yeah. And a
0: lot of that. That's not. Unhealthy. Everyone wants to feel like they're king of the castle, the best at their job, the best bowler in their league. I mean, I don't find that dark. However, what did the Red Baron do? The Red Baron was a World War One fighter pilot. He murdered. <laughs> That's what the Red Baron did. Gunning
1: down many he people. He
0: gunned okay. down and was famous for murdering more people than any other pilot in that war. Mm-hmm. Snoopy fantasizes about murder. Power. Power. Mm-hmm. Control. Right. And that is part of Snoopy's fantasy life.
2: Mhm.
0: What would it be like to be a legalized serial killer? Kind of.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, like I, I, yeah, that's that's not a serial killer you're in a war. I get. Don't <laughs> Don't hate me don't for saying Don't twist that. that, yeah. But but you're fantasizing about the act of killing. mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Even to the point where his hands are up, going gah, 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 gah. <laughs> right, right. So that's
1: pretty elaborate. It's a pretty elaborate. His fantasy life. His fantasy life.
0: Now, I, now, I do un- I understand why where some of this might come from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Snoopy probably had a very traumatic childhood. First off, he was adopted mm-hmm. from the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. His first owner let him go, tried to reclaim him, and Snoopy comes home and then let him go again. I mean, talk about the feelings of abandonment. Right. And
1: and to finally have security in and, an owned And
0: to be situation. an owned. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Snoopy gets value out of that. Mm-hmm. But Snoopy has a brother, Spike. Now, right. Spike was from the Southwest Desert. Which, is everyone knows, is like the meth capital of the U.S. The small towns in the desert. And ironically, go figure, the town was called Needles. He's I think a, he was a junkie. He's a junkie. Right? Yeah, that was Charles Schultz's way of saying that. So Snoopy's brother was a junkie. Snoopy was abandoned and adopted. So this, yeah, yeah he has some issues to work out. It's been 70 years, but he's still he's still trying to get through those. Which probably explains the consent violation that Snoopy often does. So let's skip Snoopy, but we'll come back to the consent violation in relationship. Okay. Lucy.
1: So we, yeah, we have to circle back to Lucy. We got to
0: circle back to Lucy. Because we
1: alluded that she's a femdom. Obviously. obviously, she is a dominant personality without a doubt.
0: She is also a sadist.
1: She is definitely a sadist. She finds so much joy in torturing <laughs> poor Charlie.
0: But but with very strong fetishes, because mm-hmm. she doesn't torture Charlie lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. She has a couple of her go-tos, and those are the things that for the past seventy years she's she's gone to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, she's going to pull the football away. She's going to call him a blockhead. Verbal humiliation. That's mm-hmm. that's part of it. Charlie Brown, of course, gets needs met. I'm not suggesting that's not consensual. Right. But. Yeah, hardcore sadist. Mm -hmm. Um, Hardcore control issues. Oh. mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that she is a quote-unquote healthy sadist. I think she's just a pure sadist. Mm -hmm. Perfectly acceptable in our community. (laughs) But she's not the caring, loving... Like, she's never doing aftercare with Charlie. No. No, he he misses the ball. She will call him a name and she will just walk away. Mm -hmm. Let him self-treat. Right. That is very much a, a huge lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. But it gets her off. Uh-huh.
1: And he can always go snuggle with uh-huh. Snoopy <laughs> to make himself feel
0: better. Yeah, if he wants to. But yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that, though. I don't think he gets aftercare from Snoopy. At least I've never seen it. Uh, Snoopy's too busy off fantasizing about murder. <laughs> now, what one redeeming quality about Lucy is that she's, she's a kink educator. Right, she's she, definitely
1: knowledgeable, or at least perceives herself
0: to be. Well, yeah, she speaks on panels and charges five cents for kink advice. Mm-hmm. Well, I quote therapy, but that's just... Therapy. <laughs> within the BDSM community, therapy just means, how is the kink going to help you? Right. Um, I don't know. Many BDSM panels that have suggested Alcoholics Anonymous for somebody who's struggling with... Alcoholics. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. what can we do in our community? So, yeah, so that's, that is her, her thing. Right. Now, here is where it gets interesting.
1: This is not the revelation. No, this, this is not. Want the everybody re- to know. You no, got to keep listening. Rev- this is a big one, but it's not the one. No.
0: Okay, so Charlie Brown, Lucy, and Snoopy are in a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. She is Charlie Brown's dom. Mm-hmm.
1: That's very obvious. That's very obvious. The Charlie dynamic, Brown yeah. is obviously an
0: owner, right. and, and even though he gets topped from the bottom, he's still the, the the he's still in that role. Right. But Snoopy is continuously consent-violating on Lucy.
1: Always with the kiss.
0: Always with the kiss. Well, that's all you can say in a comic strip. But it's Mm -hmm. consent violation.
1: Right. She
0: does not want dog lips on her. Right. (laughs) And Snoopy doesn't care. In fact, Snoopy finds it it funny. He
1: finds it. Uh huh. Always laughing when. Always
0: laughing. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Right. So this is this is a very unhealthy triad they have going on because, really, because of Snoopy. Because mm-hmm. if it was just she tops him, he's his master, That's that makes sense. Right. But two tiers below Lucy should not be the ability to violate consent two tiers above you in this chain. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just bratty. It's, it, he's trying to get attention from no, Lucy too? No, or?
0: let's not downplay consent violation as just being bratty. <laughs> let's not be dismissive of, of this... Atrocious thing that Lucy, that uh, that Snoopy, Snoopy. does. <laughs> very, very unfair. All right, so that's their that's their unhealthy dynamic. They're trying to work it out through the various kings. It has potential. It has potential. It, it but maybe, we're
1: seventy years in, and they
0: haven't figured that out. <laughs> but maybe in seventy more years, <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. you
0: know, um, I will tell you this: that I think it is cute the way occasionally Lucy brings in her friend Violet. Uh, Violet's another. Dom. them mm-hmm. Dom. Um, because she will come in and do verbal humiliation. She, she, in fact, a little bit of trivia, Violet was the first person to call Charlie Brown a blockhead. Oh. So, so he, Violet will co top with Lucy. <laughs> but I don't want to imply that anything's going on between Lucy and Violet because I've never seen any indication of that.
1: Well, and Violet does uh, enjoy... The attention she gets when she comes
0: around. Oh so. yeah, she does.
1: So she's maybe like a guest dom like from a different dungeon that comes yeah. around or
0: something. Yeah, though she's I, yeah. There's the main, the dungeon, and then mm-hmm. of course there's the dungeon across town. Like Spike's part of the either the dungeon or the halfway house. <laughs> but he, he, you know, he pops in and then leaves again. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, go ahead.
1: And Snoopy has a thing for Violet. Does he? Mm-hmm. That's very early in the oh, in the comics. I didn't yeah.
0: realize that. Okay, well, but but then I don't find any so, problem. They're they're polyamorous. So that's, they're polyamorous that's for sure. Like
1: that's another layer to the polyamory argument. It's like
0: he's. It's not an argument. They're, they're polyamorous.
1: Well, I mean, they're in, they're in a triad
0: relationship. Evidence something. Evidence. Oh, okay, yeah. All mm-hmm. All right, now, uh, what about our dear friend? Linus.
1: Oh, that's just so obvious that he is—he's a little, right, with the blanket fetish. Yeah. That's that's low hanging fruit.
0: Yeah, he's a little. He likes to suck his thumb. He has an oral fixation.
1: <laughs> oral, yeah, definitely orally fixated.
0: And he has a what well, he also fetishizes an object,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: part of kink. Yeah. You know, some people fetishize buildings and and all sorts of things, and mm-hmm. with him, it's it's his blanket, and in fact. I will say I, I don't find it unhealthy to fetishize an object if that's what works for you. Mm-hmm. What's unhealthy is, the trauma he faces when that object is taken away. Mm. So he really, really should seek out help from Lucy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're listening to this, if you want to mail Linus five cents, so he could go seek out help from Lucy.
1: Yeah, he could use the help.
0: We'll uh, we'll try to find an address to send it. It's,
1: yeah, Let's start a fund.
0: But yeah, and um, and by the way, the oral fixation almost always comes up alongside the blanket. He gets the blanket, the thumb goes in the mouth.
1: Now, but is he sexualizing the blanket, or is it just a soothing mechanism? Because he does get advances from Sally, Charlie's sister.
0: Well, he's, yeah, because we... She
1: is definitely into him, hardcore. Okay. And he does not reciprocate.
0: No, so either he, well, several potentials. Mm-hmm. He could be ace, just asexual, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's not uh, even like dive into sexual orientation unless it's been presented. So let's just say he's either asexual
2: mm-hmm.
0: or maybe he just is mature enough to realize that her stalking, her unhealthy also consent violation stalking mm-hmm. is just like we don't even want to go down that rabbit hole.
1: Right?
0: Um, or he's in love with his blanket. I think he does sexualize it because you give him the blanket, the thumb goes in the mouth. <laughs> the they go together. With There's the, a with direct the connection with some some sexualization of
1: mm-hmm.
0: the blanket. So again, now we're just speculating here, so you can have a different opinion than me.
1: Yeah, I think it might be that he self soothes with the blanket. It's part of his little personality, maybe, because he's definitely a philosopher. He yeah, he brings forth so much Depth in, like, the Christmas story. It's got, like, really just... He's, he's a thinker, he's, for
0: sure. He's also... I just realized something. Mm-hmm. It's something that occurred to me. He's where Charlie Brown seeks out his aftercare. Yes. It's obvious now.
1: Obviously.
0: Because what they'll do is he'll... Charlie Brown will miss the ball. He'll feel humiliated. He'll be called names. He'll be in physical pain from landing on his back. I mean, after mm-hmm. after 70 years of landing on your back... Like, if he doesn't have an oxy addiction, I'd be... Sh- <laughs> like, right. Right? And and uh-huh. the first thing he does is he goes, stands next to Linus on the bridge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Linus will take a thumb out of his mouth. Long which is probably, to... probably hard to do. hmm Long enough to, to... Give
1: him some wisdom. And soothe him. hmm
0: So it's a little bit of a caretaker there. So, again, more of the Polly thing because... Well, I don't want to say Polly because there, there's not that relationship. Well, but maybe
1: it just might be... That they mentor each other
0: and uh, more mentor. Mentor yeah. is probably more like it. Yeah, because yeah. Linus is wise. Right, very much. And very rational. Mm-hmm. Um, he is definitely one of the more rational characters. All right, Schroeder.
1: Schroeder, Schroeder is the organizer and the center of attention. He's an Exhibitionist. Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, if there's if there's a Christmas party, he wants to be on top of the stage playing his piano. Everybody, look at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at how good I am. Right. Um, but that's really what he is. His, he likes to come around so people will pay attention to him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that, there's not much more to it than that. He's the center of attention. That's what an exhibitionist wants to be. Yep. He gets his needs met at the dungeon. Definitely. Franklin.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about Franklin.
0: Yeah, we we did. We dove into this as much as we could and we couldn't find anything of note, cliche, or, you know, of about Frank. He's just a normal guy. He's the vanilla. Oh, he's, he's, yeah. he's the vanilla at the dungeon. That is normal.
1: But and- obviously interested in everybody and wants to be around these people, which I would be, too. I mean, we could hang out with all of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Nothing yeah. wrong with it. Schroeder's just, you know. There's Vanilla's at the dungeon. They're welcome to hang out with their friends and mm-hmm. not, not participate or yeah. ha- have anything about them. And he probably had both parents at home and <laughs> <laughs> with, with no alcoholism in the family and probably just grew up normal, not like the rest of us.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was normal. Um, Pigpen. Pigpen is dirty. He's also, he's also masochistic.
1: So he's into the humiliation because he doesn't even try he to clean up. He doesn't
0: try. He wants to be the dirty kid. He mm-hmm. wants to. So he's. it. Yeah. Humiliation. hmm And he brings it on himself. Mm-hmm. Because he never shows up.
1: Is there any not- noticeable dynamic with any of the other characters? Like.
0: No. He just wants to be. He wants to stand out. Maybe. I was going to say a bit of exhibitionist. But I think it's just he wants to feel humiliated. He wants to. Mm-hmm knocked down. But nothing more to him than that. I mean the outside characters we don't know much about. There could be a whole a whole lot more there. But there's not. Um, Woodstock.
1: Woodstock Woodstock
0: has probably the sickest fetish of all of the characters.
1: Now don't say that. No judging the kink. Just because it's not
0: your kink. Woodstock's a cannibal. (laughs) On the Christmas episode, Woodstock ate turkey. Oh dear! I'm not allowed to judge cannibalism. <laughs> I'm not judging the fantasy of cannibalism. I'm not judging anyone's fantasy. But if you actually go out and do it, and and you're you, the cannibal, I don't know. Am I allowed to judge that? Is that put me on the? Is, is that <laughs> no king shaming. Is that a slippery slope? <laughs> that okay, is a slippery slope. All right. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then I'm not going to say that. You're wrong for cannibalism. But I can't say that <laughs> But it's... you
1: have to source it ethically. We'll just say that.
0: <laughs> yes. I have to be... Well, there are people who fantasize about being eaten. Mm-hmm. So I will go... I'll... Here. I'll yield this point. If the turkey that Woodstock ate had the... Oh, God. There's a word for it. But if, if that turkey had the fantasy about being murdered and eaten...
1: Vorophilia. Vorophilia. Mm-hmm.
0: If the turkey was a vorophilia then it is 100% consensual, and I will not judge. There you go. (laughs) But if if Woodstock participated in murder against, which is as consent-violating as you get, if Woodstock (laughs) wanted to participate in the... Woodstock's a boy, right?
1: Mm -hmm, I think so. Okay,
0: Woodstock wanted to participate in his fetish against the will and committed murder in order to get off to that cannibalism (laughs) fetish I feel free to judge.
1: Okay. Well, since we don't know the circumstances around the negotiation. Again, again,
0: know I, I yielded. <laughs> I yielded. If it, if it was a consensual thing, that's uh. fine. There was actually a story that actually happened. If you Google this, it happened like 10 or 15 years ago in Germany where someone had a fetish about being eaten. Someone had a fetish about, had a cannibalism fetish. They managed to connect on the internet. And that happened. And it, there was a whole legal question to that. So that... Holy they're, cow, they're, that's
1: awesome. Oh, yeah, no,
0: Google this after you watch this video. That That is, that one, that's not an urban legend, that actually happened, mm. and I don't recall the outcome. So there is precedent. Ha! Huh. So... How about that? But then again, what the legal community views yeah. and judging isn't necessarily what the community views, has, doesn't necessarily have the same opinions. Yeah, definitely not. So, anyways. All right. You ready to do the revelation?
1: Are we ready? I think we're ready to. The-
0: Big, the big, big, big one—the
1: big reveal. Right,
0: the big reveal. So, so the
1: the main the th- thing dynamic that's always pointed out immediately for the
0: past fifty years, right. probably not seventy, but for the past fifty years, everybody thinks they're being so smart right. when when they say
1: that Peppermint Patty and Marcy are a lesbian couple.
0: Are a lesbian couple, and that has been. That is one of those things that's almost so cliche at this point that if you say it and try to sound smart by having this fan theory, you get a room full of people who say, yeah, we talked about that in high school.
1: Yeah. Right. It's like not even disputed. It's definitely It's not even
0: disputed. It's accepted that that is, that they're, they're gay icons within the lesbian community or can can be, Mm -hmm. right? They're not.
1: And we are right.
0: And we are right. Now, <laughs> now, this is now this is a matter of judgment because it mm. depends on how much you respect self-identification and gender identity,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So there are two sides to this. You can't say that you're wrong for thinking that because they are a a, a, a couple, right? However, Peppermint Patty is not a tomboy. A, Peppermint Patty identifies as a man.
1: Right, identifies as a man to the point where,
0: her sub Marcy,
1: she calls, Marcy calls Patty Sir.
0: Right. So So, so not only do they have a DS relationship, and by the way, from all appearances, maybe the most. Not Healthy the, relationship. The healthiest, of all of them. It is the healthiest relationship <laughs> right. dynamic on the they show. They did a good job with their negotiations. And Charlie Brown and Linus have a good relationship too. So there's there's some good ones. But mm-hmm. yeah, they did a great job, great negotiations. Mm-hmm. But Peppermint Patty identifies as, as a man, requires her slave. Mm-hmm. Can we can we say master slave or just DS?
1: I don't know. That's sir. So it's definitely at least dom sub. At we'll, least dom sub. will go with that.
0: I think it. I think that. I've seen Pepper and Patty have a level of control that seems a little bit stronger. You see them together all the time.
1: Marcy definitely doesn't argue or brat back or anything like that. So she's super submissive. So
0: it's super submissive. Mm -hmm. So I will, if I had to lay money, I'd say master-slave relationship. Mm -hmm. But certainly DS. Mm -hmm. But if you respect a person's...
1: Gender identification. Gender, gender identification. Then Patty is a trans male, a and so they are straight.
0: They are straight. Yeah. But someone who wants to argue biology and make that other side—that's that is—that is their right to do so. So you're not wrong if you say it is a lesbian couple. But we respect, we respect Peppermint Patty. Yep. And his self-identification as a sir.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. So,
1: is that everybody?
0: I think that's just, oh, how about, okay, how about the rest of the vanilla world? All the teachers and the parents. Who gives two shits? Who gives two shits what the people, this is the most wise thing Charles Schultz ever did.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Who gives a shit what the rest of the world outside of your dungeon think about what you're doing?
1: Exactly. When
0: they talk, when they write, all you should hear is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> right they have no bearing whatsoever no
1: their judgments don't even
0: matter their judgments don't even matter although I just realized something hmm? don't they go to France and you actually hear the adults talk in one just one specific episode which is probably because the French are more progressive in sexual ways than than, hmm. than the Good US point. Yeah. and so therefore maybe when you go to, maybe when you go to France, if I get this detail wrong, just ignore the last thirty seconds. But when you go to France, maybe you shouldn't hear "wah wah" because you have a, a, a more welcoming, educated, less judgmental society.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe you do want to hear what they have to say. Maybe they have some insight.
1: Maybe that's the community at large, like not just in your Friends. dungeon, but they, the people that are in the kink community globally. You know, so you have you have an outlet where there are people that. Speak your language, but other everybody else is just wah, wah, wah.
0: Everybody else, yeah, that's all I need to hear. When they go to judge you, for all we know, their teachers might be saying to Charlie Brown, go find someone that will hold the ball for you, Charlie Brown. That will be a more healthy relationship. Right. And it should be one man and one woman. Not a man, a woman, a dog, a caregiver, and her female dom friend. <laughs> Maybe maybe they're judging polyamory for all we know, but we don't know, nor does it matter. Wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I think we just nailed this one, and we just pulled the cover back. In fact, I'd be willing to bet the, the Schultz estate has had a secret prize waiting for the first person to figure this out, and I bet we're going to come into a bunch of money soon.
1: Oh, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, there's, finally.
1: <laughs> finally. So if you've followed with us this long and you're not just in tears from laughing, please, please tell us what you think.
0: And tell us if we're wrong.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> and most important, if we if we destroyed a part of your childhood, tell us that too because we're both a bit sadistic. And that, we're
1: not sorry. <laughs> we're,
0: that would be funny.
1: Yeah. So you can connect with us on social media. All of our links are at kinkbuffet.com. Or you can email us at kinkbuffet at gmail.com. Until next time.
0: Bye.